podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's been quite a while since I've had one of those stressful games, but I'll take it all day, every day. 1-0 to Liverpool against Spurs. See, Senor, as always, that man never disappoints. Liverpool, record breakers, top of the league. The best start by any team in the whole of Europe. Things are just getting better and better. Every week, it's just a case of like, what record can the Reds break now? It's awesome stuff. Like I said, it was not easy. There were some nervy moments. But who cares? It's all about winning and I'll take ugly wins all day, every day. Up the mentality monster Reds. Joining me on this podcast to discuss this game and some of the key talking points. I have a killer panel for you. I think it's the repeat of what I had against Man City, if my memory serves me correctly. So if you've got a good memory, you know who I'm talking about. But if you don't, I'll introduce them to you. First up, I mean, I'm a bit hesitant to introduce my first guest because he publicly compared me to Roy Hodgson in the way I look. That has got to be the worst lookalike ever. I am still fucking scarred. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. I needed a guest for this show. It is Sam Evans. Uh, you're an arsehole, but welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was some of my better better work, that was. Uh, yes, uh, thanks for having me again, Nina. I think it's a good idea to have me and Mando on for any of these big games against the so-called top six because we just keep smashing it every time. So, uh, yeah, let's do it again for the, the Man U game. Not only did you fucking compare me to Roy Hodgson, now you've completely taken all the anticipation away by introducing my next guest. I'm really not feeling you today, Sam. <laughs> well, you know what? I better shut up. Let me introduce the dude, the guy that you all love as well. It's Amanda Angulo, and he has never told me I look like Roy Hodgson, so we are totally cool. Amanda, welcome to the show. No, I'd never do that. I'm a gentleman. I don't think uh, my mama raised me right. I don't think I can call you Roy Hodgson ever. You know, you know what? Uh, Sam's fucking, an animal, though. Sam's know, an animal. You know what? He's fucking called me Chewbacca in the past as well. He's awful. He's <laughs> absolutely awful. But you know what, guys? Welcome to the show. Now, before I go to our first caller, let me just quickly, briefly get your thoughts on this game because it is Jose Mourinho. You kind of knew the kind of tactics he's going to play. You knew there's going to be a bus scenario for the Reds to break. How do you feel after that? So, Amanda, I'll come to you first. You know what? That was an industrial win. It was uh, mm. impressive to me uh, how the guys, you know, they looked gassed after a certain amount of time, but they were out there still giving it their all and uh, playing together as a unit. We got lucky. Some of their shots went straight at Allison, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it's the way the ball bounces. For me, it, it just shows how complete this team is. I mean, they're industrial, they're tenacious, they're aggressive, they're calm, they're patient, they're audacious. They're just sublime. And I don't see anybody, there's a reason that these guys are the best team in the world, the best team of the continent and the best team of the country. And uh, I don't know if anybody else is going to say it, but these guys are champions. Absolutely. I mean, we're going to have some mad stats thrown around in this um, in this podcast for sure. I mean, just to kind of put um, some balance into this, every time my mum kind of watches Liverpool, she goes, your team is so boring. All they ever do is win. She was sat there watching Liverpool, kind of hoping that they were going to slip up in that game. You know, with some, like you said, it was an industrial win. I was like, sorry, mate. Yesterday she cheered on, you know, the West Ham goal because, you know, Sheffield United are such a big threat to Manchester United right now. This is where Man United fans are right now. But Sam, where are you? How did you feel after that? Yeah, very much the same as as Mando. To be honest, we we've just become a team so comfortable. Once we've got a lead, we've just got absolutely no doubt in our minds that we're going to go on to win the game. Um, maybe today we got a bit too casual at times, I think, and you know we did have a few nervy moments, especially with that Son chance. Um, you know, we gave the ball away quite carelessly at times today, but still, you know, there's no two ways about it. Overall, in that game. We were the better side yet again, and you know we we've comfortably, you know we we've we've comfortably deserved to win that game, you know regardless of how kind of edgy it got uh, near the end of the game. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? I kind of love the fact that there was a team that was applying so much pressure because, again, it just shows that Liverpool have a different way of winning a game. I think Gags has come into the chat there and he said, you know, Virgil van Dijk goes, that was a big win. Spurs, you know, probably wanted revenge for the Champions League final as well. You know, take all that into context as well. Jose Mourinho as well. All those things considered. Huge, huge win for Liverpool as well. And, you know, Rowan's just come in and said, 16 points ahead with a game in hand. Oh my God, we just do not know what to do with ourselves as Liverpool supporters. Right. You know what? Let's go to our first caller. Again, somebody who has never compared me to Roy Hodgson. It's Kev Hegarty. Kev, welcome to the show. <laughs> no, Rahajan doesn't take as good selfies as you do. Um, yeah, hey guys, and, and Nina, thanks for having me on. Um, so I was thinking, well, one, I have two questions. One is, how did Lacelso miss that chance? Um, it seemed easier to make it. And two, I guess more seriously, is uh, around substitutions. So uh, Mane goes off, and I think he was clearly our best player going forward and our best player defensively. Um, and I know like with the Liverpool team, you kind of have to take your emotional hat off when it comes to subs because they're probably, you know, planned down to the minute. But even Brundish on Twitter was like, that was the most questionable Klopp decision of the season. <laughs> I think he was talking about that sub, but, um, but yeah, so I just want to get you guys thoughts on, you know, on the substitutions today and uh, how the hell Giovanni Lo Celso missed that shot. Because I thought he was their best midfielder when he came on and he never plays. But uh, it shows maybe why. Absolutely. We'll come in and bring you in. But what we'll do is we'll tackle the first bit first. I mean, Sam, I'm going to come to you first on that miss because, you know, when he got that ball time stood still for me and in my mind I was ready to kind of be disappointed and he missed and I just could not believe it how on earth did he miss to me I don't know like if if you're you know if you have any faith or you believe in something I was just like well whatever your deity is somebody really wants Liverpool to win the league this year (laughs) it just felt that way Sam how did you feel because I was like holy crap yeah two things I think really that contributed to him missing that one he was kind of on the stretch and and tried to to dive to to strike the ball but i think the main reason why he's missed that goal is one person called Alison Becker making himself look like an absolute wall uh, if you if you if you watch the replay again the way he spreads himself in front of him the guy panics and and he ends up dragging it wide and we're we're seeing teams missing a lot of chances against us recently. You know we we've had this run of clean sheets, but previously teams were putting the chances away and now we're kind of having a run of of having a bit of the rubber rubber the green in that sense. And I think sometimes it can be a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy when teams start seeing that Liverpool are a machine, they're really hard to score against. Alison Becker is an unbelievable goalkeeper. Players keep trying to, to find the ultimate finish, trying to go for the top corner instead of just hitting it on target. And teams are missing their chances. You know, it's a bit like what happened with De Gea years back when he was, you know, unbelievable in goal. Players were panicking in front of goal because they know just how good that goalkeeper is. And, you know, Alisson was immaculate today. And I think he was one of the main reasons why Lo Celso uh, fluffed his lines on that chance. You know, there's me thinking, how the fuck did he miss that? And then there's Sam that goes all technical and talks about, you know, you're absolutely <laughs> spot on there talking about Alisson because, you know, if that was maybe another goalkeeper, Amanda, for Liverpool, you know, given the intensity of that game, certainly in the second half and some of the pressure that that goalkeeper had to kind of absorb, we could have easily lost that game. So talk to me. I mean, how do you think he missed that? Because like for me, I was just like, oh my God. For me, it was just like, there's a there's a power greater at work here. That's how I felt. No, I mean, I agree with you. I, I Time stood still for me too for a second. But I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, Rust, maybe he doesn't get enough playing time to Kev's point. Uh, but for me, I think Sam hit, hit the nail on the head, not just with the Allison point, but... But the fact of the mental part of the game, I mean, Liverpool has become this juggernaut and, and you know, especially a thorn in, in Spurs' side with the Champions League final going back a few years now. Um, it's just one of those things, you know, and, and if, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'm kind of speechless, to be honest, which is kind of rare for me uh, to, for these, to see this game, to see this team. 
I just can't rave enough about them. And, and, and I think it is a mental thing. Like you go up against them and everybody wants to give you their best and everybody wants to shine. And, and a goal against Liverpool is worth three almost, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's a, a feather in the cap of these players. And, and for me, it's, it's incredibly impressive uh, to see how the mentality has switched in, you know, throughout Klopp's tenure to where we are now is just, it's unfathomable. I wouldn't have believed it to be this quick and this absolute. It's just, it's a self-fulfilled prophecy. Liverpool will win one way or another. It's going to happen. Interesting that. Kev, I'm going to come back to you now. So you've got lots of interesting little balance there. You know, do, do you think it was a case of rust? You know, um, Alison, or do you think there's, you know, something more deeper and more spiritual? <laughs> Well, to be honest, on the TV angle, it looked like it went in to me. And I had the sound kind of down because the kid was sleeping. But um, so I, f- I didn't know what happened at first. But when Sam started, I thought he was going to say that uh, um, that he was like blinded by Allison's good looks. But I guess <laughs> he was a bit more a uh, bit more technical than that. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. And I think to both the guys points, it's like, um, you know, we've had to grind out wins when we weren't lucky. But basically we won because we we're working hard and then we've won. Um, you know, we've won because we were just outclassed the opponent. And now, you know, we're getting that little bit of winning when we need a bit of luck here and there. And I think we're in that little patch now. And it's a great time to have it because, you know, January, February is historically kind of rough for us. Um, so I think everything's just kind of coming together this season. It's uh, it's great. It is. Now we'll move on to your second question. Amanda, I'm going to come to you because, you know, subs have been pretty much spot on from Jurgen Klopp. And of course, you know, Sadio Mane, I thought the front three in general played quite well today. You know, you, you could see them all having an impact in the game, but Sadio Mane definitely was, you know, probably very, very quite effective in the, in the defensive sense as well. And, of course, he takes him off and brings on um, uh, Dibok Karigi in that kind of game. So talk to me about that, because initially what I thought was, OK, he's, he's taken off Sadio Mane, he's going to bring on um, Dibok Karigi. I would have thought he would have taken um, Salah off, but then I thought, well, maybe he's going to take off Salah for maybe uh, a Minamino because they play in the same position. Talk to me about Klopp's subs, t- subs today. I mean, of course, you know, there was, you know, a James Milner was kind of really missing in this game because, you know, I think that's probably his, would have been one of his go-to subs today and he couldn't rely on that. Yeah, I think for me, Div would have would have been coming on for um, uh, for Bobby. Bobby looked a little tired towards the end of the game. Um, I think uh, Ginny looked exhausted towards the end of the game as well. I would have wanted to see him come off a little bit earlier or or come off in the game. Um, yeah, I mean, not to say that it wasn't spot on, and not to say that Sadio doesn't deserve a rest, and and maybe he knows something we don't know, obviously, but. Uh, yeah, for the work that, that Sadio was doing today, especially both uh, on, on defense and, and going forward, he was vital. He, he he was making a lot of stops, a lot of tackles. He was very aggressive uh, in attack. He was leaving a lot of dudes on the floor. I thought I thought he was very impressive. So he was the best guy on the pitch, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, so it was a little bit surprising. But, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he's not feeling well. Maybe he's under the weather. There's things that you, we don't know, perhaps. But it wouldn't have been the sub I would have made. But at this point, you know, I see the subs and I see them happen in the game. And for the most part, I just sit back and say, well, you know, I just kind of trust Jurgen. Uh, that wasn't the case even just two years ago. I'd be yelling at late subs and why they weren't working and what we're doing to change things. And now it's just, yeah, this will work, you know. So, it, 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 it's good, but at the same time, I was shocked by that by that swap. I would have probably taken out Bobby with, with Origi. Yeah, I think that would have been a, a, a good shout. And it's not really you kind of saying, ooh, Origi shouldn't have come on. It's just a, basically a, a change of as to who would have come off. Sam, your thoughts on that? Because um, I'm, I'm quite shocked at the fact that, you know, Amanda's just all like calm and chilled and peaceful at all these substitutions because two years ago, he would have literally lost his shit. And I think most of us would have. But with Divo Karigi right now, it's come to that stage where y- you know he could do something. But um, talk to me about that. So because um, I think Kev's coming to the chat here and he goes, you know, Marnie was his man of the match. Um, he was good in both halves, even when we were shit in the in the second. I have to agree with him there. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but talk to me about that. So how did you feel about it? Yeah, well, regards to Mando, it's, I think he's found peace uh, finally. 
because uh, Mando's kind of made a bit of a reputation of having the rants. But now that Liverpool are so bloody good, there, there's not much reason to rant, is there? You know, even even when we're bringing on Adam Lallana, when we'd, we'd usually have been sighing and, and complaining and things. Now, personally anyway, I, I look at it and go, I can see why he's doing it. He, he's doing it to, you know, keep hold of possession and, and just win those fouls like he did. You know, he did a good job. He ran his socks off, won the ball back a few times, play it simple because we were starting to sit back a bit too much. So, regards to the Sadio Mane one, um, I totally agree. I thought Mane was excellent today and his work rate going backwards and, mm. and fighting to win the ball back in deep areas, which obviously isn't his role naturally, but you could see we were obviously kind of a bit exposed on the counter a couple of times and he really worked his socks off to get back. I can only assume that he was kind of blowing a bit after the amount of work that he put in and maybe the the, the stats were kind of telling them that they, they were going to have to pull him off because he was starting to blow. Uh, that's the only thing I can think because, uh, you know, he was performing really, really well. But, um, you know, to be fair to Origi, when he came on, he nearly scored an absolutely fantastic goal, didn't he? <laughs> uh, he he dummied about four players, put them all in their ass, and, and, and nearly repeated his uh, feet from the Champions League final. So, um, even though you don't think it's the perfect substitution, we win the game, it's, it's the right substitution. If Spurs ended up Getting that equaliser, you'd have seen a load of people kicking off then at Jurgen Klopp saying that he really shouldn't have subbed Mane, and that's the reason why we've we've ended up drawing the game. You know, it's football's a funny thing like that. End of the day, it's a results business, and substitutions have always been like that. You know, it's the ends justify the means. Um, you only know it's a good sub at the end of the game when you see the final score, and the final score was one nil. So for me, correct sub. Isn't it? It's banana. I'm going to jump in on Mane, right? It's bananas to me that this dude has literally played two years in a row, had no preseason, and is the best player in the world. Like, he doesn't look tired. He doesn't look leggy. He's industrial. He doesn't stop running. He's... It's incredible. Like, usually somebody would be so burnt out by this point. And he was in Egypt picking up his award for best African player. Thank you very much. I mean, what does this guy eat? It's it's incredible, and I think that's a testament to him and his work ethic and and everything going on right now. But like, it's I, it's it's not human to be able to consistently deliver on that level with the amount of rest that that man or lack thereof that that man has seen in the last two calendar years. It's it's insane. Yeah, we we might have actually had to sub him to save him from himself because he'll just work himself into the ground, won't he? So <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, yeah, you know, that's actually a good it's, point. It's one of those ones where they've just got... He, he's he's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, he's, you know, touch wood. His injury record is spectacular. Um, he, he just plays and plays and plays, as you said. But he's just been away, as, as Nina touched on there now, to collect his award. He's had a bit of a disrupted week because of that, even though it's been a fantastic week for him. Uh, maybe a bit of fatigue there they were worried about. And I think maybe he was penciled in for a, um, a 70th minute substitution, whatever was happening today. Yeah, Kev, I'll just bring you in. You've heard what the lads have said. Let you have the final say on um, on Sadio Mane and, and the sub in general. Yeah, it's just I didn't even think about that, that he's basically gone nonstop for two years with just the breaks that he gets from his managers. <laughs> um, I mean, he's fantastic. I just, I mean, we... I think as the guys kind of alluded to, we sort of nip. When you're this good, you just look for things to nitpick. <laughs> and uh, the substitution day was kind of the only thing that had me questioning, although I have to say I was pretty uncomfortable today in general. Um, it's just Mourinho makes me uncomfortable. I don't know if it's Spurs, but um, yeah. But, you know, this is – it's fun being a fan right now, and, you know, we got a little bit of a – you know, a little bit of luck today. Uh, we won't need it every time. Um and that's because we're 16 points clear with a game in hand. So uh, on that note, I'll leave you guys to it. Thanks for having me on and uh, up the Reds. Wonderful stuff, Kev. I'm sure we'll hear you next week on the podcast. Take care, Kev. Bye now. Okay, so that was our first caller, Kev Hegarty. We are going to move on to our second caller. Let's see if he's around. G's on toast. Are you there? Hello, yes, I'm here. How are you doing? 
Well, very, very good, thank you. You know, and breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to bring up a, a couple of points. Really, I, I thought that um, it was really interesting that, um, that you know, there's so many positives to pull out of the game. Uh, it was really good, and it's obviously great to get one over on the legendary Mourinho. Um, I thought uh, Super Allison coming out of his area to clear balls, he was like a Superman. You know, there were several times where he'd come flying out of his area to punch it away or kick it away, and that was great. Um, and and, and it, it also it felt like uh, it was a game where I feel like we missed James Milner. Um, just just to have his like sensible head on the pitch and to come on and keep everything calm and controlled, um, which is interesting. But the, the the interesting one I really want to talk about is Robertson's um, tackle, which I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter and WhatsApp saying, "Oh, he should have been sent off for this." And uh, was it really that bad? Or are people overreacting? Or I'm not really sure about this one. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Some some good points there. Okay, um, let's let's start with the Robertson one first. I'll come to Amanda first on this one. Amanda, we've been crying out for a little shit house, a little bastard. Jurgen Klopp has assembled a team of them now. You know, you just got to look through. I thought, you know, maybe this game we were kind of missing more of a Fabinho role in the midfield. Today, I really did kind of miss Fabinho's. I really felt his absence today. Um, I felt like we were just, we looked really, I don't know, easy and quite weak in the midfield. I felt like we were kind of missing that shield, which is why I think why G's on toss was kind of talking about a James Milner kind of figure who's a bit iron-born, who will throw in the lunging challenges. But we've got Andy Robertson there. And, um, you know, I think he's um, kind of earned a bit of a reputation on social media for being a bit of a shithouse. I think people like to take his little incidents in isolation and kind of, you know, have kind of branded him as, as a bit of a shithouse. I mean, for you, do you think it was a sending off? I mean, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, no, no, I don't. Um, I think it's a little bit of an exaggeration, to be quite honest. Um, it's opposition fans as well, isn't it? That's what you need to remember. <laughs> well, I mean, when the opposition does things, it's kind of one of those things that, like, uh, they're, they're, they're going to bitch and moan about every little thing. I mean, look at VAR nowadays, right? I mean, I don't think it was anything that we did, but it, 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 or anything that was over the top or should have been a red. I think it's an exaggeration, but they're going to moan. The way the game's gone, the way their season's gone, it's understandable. Yeah, it is understandable. I mean, like we'll, we'll get to the goal, but of course, there's a lot of fume about the actual goal as well for the Reds. I think people are now just really, really nitpicking and kind of can't handle the idea or grasp the idea of Liverpool doing really well or some of our players putting in challenges. We, we see, I mean, Sam, I'll come to you. You know, there's players like Fernandinho for, for of course, um, Man City, who should be sent off every single week. You, you know, like teams have these kind of players. Yeah, but this, as Mando touched on there now, we have become this team now where all the other teams love to hate and they just want to try and bring us down a peg or two. If Liverpool did this, then they'd be this. You know, if this had happened, then they'd have lost seven points. Uh, you know, like that VAR article that came out with the the um, the VAR table and all this saying we'd be seven points down and then I po I posted a, a fake league table on Twitter earlier it's absolutely exploded on Twitter um, of saying if Liverpool had all their points taken off them they'd have no points and they'd be bottom of the league uh, you know it's 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 obvious it's just ridiculous the agenda that's out there now the amount of attackers going on at Liverpool and this Robertson incident is no different you know people yeah. are just screen screenshotting the contact on on the player's leg and saying that's a red card. But if you actually watch it, to even call it a tackle isn't correct. He didn't even tackle. He kicked the ball. He, he got to the ball first and kicked and passed it to a Liverpool player. But his follow through caught the guy. It was unfortunate. It's but this is a contact sport, and sometimes there'll be comings together when the players are going for the same ball. That's all it was. It was it was just the follow through of his own pass. There was no tackle made whatsoever. So, um, you know, they, they didn't even entertain it uh, on VAR because it was not even a foul. It's just unfortunate that he's caught the guy. That's it. So, um, 
yeah, it's it's absolutely nothing to worry about there. I don't think it was even shithousery from Robertson whatsoever. I just think he got there first after a bad first touch. Lubos come in and he says Mourinho saying Robert should have received a red card. I think everyone's just trying to put Robertson on the radar here. I mean, I'll bring you back in, G Santos. I'll let you have the final say on on Robertson. Um, uh, let me know your thoughts. What I mean, do you think? I I have to agree with the lads here. I think it is um a, a lot of opposition fans who are just kind of now pretty much got an agenda. Pretty much how Salah was a diver. And Sadio Mane was a diver. I think it's that kind of narrative again. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I brought up the point just for a little bit of discussion, but I mean, clearly it's bollocks. Basically, um, it was it was a fair challenge, and you know, anyone who makes anything more of it is, you know, just just trying to pick fault, really. Um, Absolutely, um, and you know your, your your other point about um, uh, James Milner. I mean, I'm guessing the reason why you were kind of missing him today, and I'll come to the panel. And I'll let you elaborate first before I actually go to the panel. I'm um, I'm assuming you probably saw certainly in the second half that maybe the midfield battle was maybe one sided. Maybe there were too many mistakes and errors. Is that why you were thinking maybe a James Milner would have been good today? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, James Milner is um, he's always up for the fight. And uh, I feel like that was missing a little bit today. I thought it was as well. I thought there was far too many mistakes and far too many errors. And you know what? I'll I'll come to the panel on that one. I mean, guys, what did you what did you make of our midfield display? Because Amanda, I'll come to you first. I want to get your thoughts on the midfield because you know, as a whole, the midfield, for, for, you know, from the previous games, you know, Jordan Henderson's really stepped up and had some pretty impressive games. Ginny Wijnaldum, since he's come back from his injury, he's looked like a decent player. Oxley Chamberlain, he's having to play like the more kind of attacking creative role, you know, then obviously Adam Lallana comes on and fills that void, you know, tries to cover that space as well. Of course, there is no trusty James Milner. So, we, we, you know, we're kind of lacking in like the whole shielding, blocking kind of midfielder. So, I mean, talk to me about the midfielder's performance today, because I felt like there was a lot of space in the middle of the park. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily impressed by the midfield today, to be quite honest. Mm. I felt uh, there was a lot of space, like you said. I felt <clears throat> it was a little bit leggy, excuse me. Um, but, I mean, the guys are tired. It's understandable. They've played a lot of games. The, the fixtures have come thick and fast. They've traveled quite a bit. Um, so it's all it's all understandable. But I wasn't too impressed by it. I thought the game was a little bit more open than I'd like it to be. It was a little bit uncomfortable. Um, we left space for their midfielders. They'd have some talented midfielders to, to, to be able to uh, – you know, break us down and make pick a pass and do the things that they did. And then they had their chances. They created quite a few. Um, and I think that's a lot of that is due to the midfield and the openness in the game. Uh, Wijnaldum, I think, was a little leggy towards the end. Absolutely. I, I would have liked to have seen him come off, but I get it with uh, Ox coming back from injury and his injury record. It makes sense to pull him. Um, I don't know, to be quite honest. Uh, I mean, it got the job done. Uh, it was I wasn't too impressed, and it just shows how much we're, we've missed Fabinho, and I'm I'm very happy that uh, he's coming back and that all these injuries are, are, are starting to come, uh, that all these injury problems are going away at a good time, mm. uh, going into the home stretch here. And, and I mean, to be quite honest, it's not a matter of, of if, uh, it's a matter of when. And uh, to me, it's a matter of if we can go undefeated at this point. Yeah, I'm all about breaking every single record as well. And I'm glad you touched on Fabinho. And of course, Jurgen Klopp giving that positive news that he is going to, you know, resume full full training. And I think Gags wrote earlier on in the chat as well, something along the lines of um, Jordan Henderson calling Fabinho world-class. I mean, Sam, I'll come to you. I'll get your thoughts on the midfield as well. And maybe, you know, missing that kind of shielding kind of player. I thought, you know, there was a definite, definite absence today. I felt it a lot today. Because I, I think Jordan Henson as a whole has done really well in all the other games. But in the first half in this game, it was kind of counter-attack, end-to-end stuff. And I felt like we didn't really have a, a grip on the game in, in the middle of the park. Yeah, well, regards to the question, I think I, I totally get that shout with Milner. Um, we, we were a bit sloppy today and we were panicking a bit and didn't have the the usual control and composure that we would have. So a bit more experience in there might have been handy today. But um, Mando, to be fair, he, he's taken the words out of my mouth. I was going to say 
Fabinho today. That's all I could think about was, my God, we could have done with Fabinho in midfield today. Um, that was the exact type of game where he would shine the brightest. Um, you know, to be fair to Spurs, right? I thought they actually played pretty well today compared to how they have been recently. They did cause us some issues and it they did make us panic on a number of occasions and we, we gave the ball away sloppily. Uh, there was at least two occasions where Henderson gave the ball away really badly and nearly set up goals for them. Um, so, yeah, it, it wasn't quite working in midfield today. So, uh, if we would have had Fabinho, I think there would have been a lot more composure there. Regards to Ox, uh, he started off very brightly and, and almost scored, obviously, hitting the post in the first two minutes. Um, but I think maybe there was a little bit of over-anxiety to, to put one on Spurs there, being obviously the ex-Arsenal man. Um, maybe he was trying a little bit too much going forward and, and sometimes kind of missing his responsibilities defensively. And, and the Spurs are managing to get transitions a bit too easily for my liking. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's something that we, we kind of had to deal with. But uh, it would have been really handy if we could have had a bit more experience in there. Geez, I'm tossed out. Go straight back to you. Um, I know you have another question or another point to make. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I just want to finish up by saying, like, you know, towards the end of the game when it when it started to come into stoppage time and, you know, we're trying to hang on to the 1-0 and Shakiri came on and good old Shaq. You know, he's there with his big thighs and his new hairline, which is, you know, very interesting. Uh, I'm not quite sure if it suits him or not, but it's there nevertheless. But he did some really good work just to slow it down. There, there was a moment just in, I think it was the 93rd or 94th minute, where he kept the ball, kept possession for a few seconds, and it and it really helped just, just drag out the time and uh, bring us to the win. Absolutely, he he did do really well, and also he also had that little bit. I think he put in a quite a nice cross for Ginny Wijnaldum towards the end as well, didn't he? Yes, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I I agree. I did I did think you know he's he's actually quite a good substitute substitute to make because again he understands the game and I think tactically he's he's pretty much switched on. Um, uh, and you know what? In hindsight, I'm actually glad that maybe Amin Amino didn't get thrown into that game because I think it would have been like a bit of a scary ask. I think one thing I do love about Jurgen Klopp is the way he kind of nurtures and looks, looks after his new players and doesn't, you know, throw them into like that kind of scary game. I know he started against Everton, but you know, it's Everton, so that's fine. But, you know, like don't throw them into like that kind of pressure game or that pressure scenario where you're kind of requiring them to do something. I have to agree with you, G's on toast. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been great to be here again. Absolutely. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I will do. Okay, so that was G's on toast route. Now it's just myself, Sam. And Mando, and we're going to kind of talk about the game and maybe some of the key talking points. And guys, you know what? First things first, I think what I want to do is um, let's talk about the first half in general. Um, I mean, for me, I want to get your thoughts. I thought it was very, very end to end. I thought, you know, both teams were kind of going for it. I thought, you know, it. You, you, the way Spurs set up Mando, it was pretty much them sort of parking the bus. And I think at first, you know, maybe Liverpool's final ball wasn't the best. It wasn't the crispest. It wasn't the sharpest. I mean, R Roberto Firmino, um, you know, possibly could have scored. I don't know how the defender kept that out. And then Oxley chamberlain comes in and hits hits the crossbar. You know, um, one thing that really impresses me about this Liverpool side, I mean, that was a really, really ugly win. But Liverpool look more and more comfortable against a team that's just there to pretty much park the bus because I think those were Jose Mourinho's intentions. Yeah, I mean, all in all, I thought we controlled it pretty well. Um, we had a lot of chances. I thought we could have had a handful in the first half. Um, ultimately, I think, like you said, to your point, we weren't razor sharp. The final ball wasn't exactly there. Uh, you know, it's a Mourinho setup, right? So it's what you expect. But I do what I do think happened a few times in both halves, but also in the first half was uh, was we got caught off the ball a few times, and that's we, that played right into their hands. We were a little bit open, and that's where they created a few, uh, if not most, of their chances. And I think again that goes back to the conversation we had earlier in the midfield and how open we were, and how at times we did look a little leggy and a little lackadaisical. But really, I wasn't 
too concerned. I thought the second half was a little bit more concerning, in fairness. Absolutely. And what about yourself, Sam? What did you what did you make of the first half? And you know how Liverpool kind of handled the pressure of playing a Jose Mourinho team, and and you know that whole low block as well, because you know Jose Mourinho, as we all know, is the king of it. Yeah, well, I don't know if you noticed in recent times, over the last month or two, we've made a really bad habit of missing sitters in the first couple of minutes of games. And then when yep. it came to the Sheff- Sheffield United game in the last league match, we banged the first chance in, you know, in the first four minutes, Salah scored and we went, right, we finally scored that early sitter that we seem to keep setting up. I don't know what's happening. We keep getting a really good chance really early in the games and we kept missing them and then we finally put it to bed against Sheffield United and I thought right okay that's kind of out <laughs> out of our system and then today again now we missed that great great chance um where obviously uh Ox ends up hitting the post and I thought oh bloody hell here we go again we're back to that but you know it was a sign of us kind of placing our dominance on the game really early doors and trying to show, you know, who's boss. And I thought personally, you know, first half, there were ropey moments, as we touched on earlier with Henderson giving the ball away a couple of times and giving them chances. But I felt like most of Spurs' positive actions in the first half especially were down to our sloppiness. Um, overall, I thought you know the first half we were by far the better side, and we we could have had more goals. So um, personally, even though Mourinho did set up very very defensively, I I thought we dealt with it really well, and you know we we went into half time definitely deserving that one elite. No, for sure, absolutely, and um, let's kind of talk about um. <clears throat> The first half, and of course, um, you know, it was a matter of time. I thought, you know, Liverpool, it was always a matter of time when. I thought as the game progressed, Sam, I thought Liverpool looked more and more up for it. Let's talk about the goal, the one and only goal. Um, uh, what did you make of that? Of course, controversy again, you know, uh, that it should have been a Spurs throw-in. It came off Mane, not Aurier, but of course, it went in our favour. Sadio Mane wins wins the throw-in. So talk to me about that goal because, you know, Jordan Henderson, I mean, I thought was probably the key component in sticking his head there, being really, really brave. And then the composure from um, from uh, Roberto Firmino there. I mean, for me, he, he was really smart, really intelligent about the whole game. And he just showed his composure and his class when it mattered. Oh, the the goal itself was fantastic. To be fair, but uh, regards to the the throw in, it's not like we threw it into the box and headed it from the throw in. You know, it was there was a lot of play in between there that they should have dealt with. So to to go mental about a throw in, think loads of little decisions like that happen all game. So I I don't think that's something they should be concentrating too much on. But yeah, regards to the goal itself. Uh, Hendo showed a bit of bravery there and got his head to it first. Um, obviously, we all had a bit of a, a panic when he went to VAR because I was like, I did not see a handball anywhere there. Where the hell have they got that from? But I think maybe it had brushed off Deli Ali's hand or something off Hendo's head. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, when it when it finally ended up breaking to Bobby, that little body swerve he did completely did the defender. Uh, was it the new guy who we he completely did there? Uh, with his little body swerve, um, not hundred percent who it was, um, but that that gave him all the space in the world. Then, and even though it was on his left foot, he managed to pick up the side netting so so well. So, really, really nice to see from Bobby. And did you notice the little uh, covering the eye celebration again? Because it was against uh, Spurs that he had his eye poke, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Oh, my God. Great shout. And, of course, he did that celebration against PSG. Oh, my God. Look at you with the eye-poking stats. You don't get this kind of content anywhere else, people. Keep it locked on here. <laughs> Number of eye-pokes, one. That's the stat. <laughs> that is just that. Amanda, coming to you, I mean, what did you make of the goal? Of course, uh, we, we had Gary Neville and uh, Martin Tyler on the commentary, and they were absolutely kind of fuming, a little bit heartbroken. They were kind of willing... Um, VAR to rule the goal off and then when they kind of zoomed in they kind of noticed 
it came off um, Deli Ali's arm and not Jordan Henderson's. But, you know, talk to me about that goal because um, I thought, you know, it was a combination of like Jordan Henderson's, you know, brilliant bravery. And of course, um, uh, I know what you think of Roberto Firmino. I don't need to say anything else. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Henderson, for as much crap as I've given him in the past, he really deserves a lot of credit for the form that he's shown, uh, especially since Fabinho has been out and how important he has been in the midfield. Um, And this is, you know, this is the type of player he is. So that doesn't, you know, it's his technical ability that I have problems with sometimes. But as far as this time, this is the behavior I expect from him. And it was was brave, like you said. Uh, It fell down to to Mo. Mo, you know, held the ball up, found Bobby. That first touch opened himself up to his weaker foot, uh, set himself up perfectly. Uh, I mean, Bobby's a technical player. He kept his calm. I think I think once he kept his composure, there was it was never in doubt really. And then, yeah, you know, it just shows how much of a farce VAR really is. I mean, it's just we're checking every little thing. It it really does slow up games. It, it, it's become a problem, um, even though they got the call right. I don't, I, 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 you know, to Sam's point, I was really surprised that it was even going to VAR. Um, you know, to the naked eye, there was nothing to see there. So, but it just goes to show how how much refining I think VAR needs in future seasons but so far so good for Liv Arpool you know <laughs> nice word play there nice word play okay we've kind of discussed the goal there and we all know it's pretty majestic I mean something I want to touch on with both of you as well um and Amanda I'll come to you first on this one because I think you know we're kind of this pod is really random I'm a little bit everywhere it's late here so I kind of want to talk about the defense and I felt like yeah the defense looked really really decent but I think what kind of screwed us over a little bit was that early booking for Joe Gomez, I felt like that really affected his game. Again, he's a player that's been in great form, but I think he was absolutely genuinely mortified that he might actually get sent off. And I, I felt like that early yellow card kind of affected his game. And um, I felt like certainly in the second half, Jose Mourinho was really doing everything in his power and his team were doing everything to target the right-hand side or try getting him sent off. I mean, we had that. We, we we had Phillips on the bench. That was that was the backup option. I would be concerned too. I would have to change my game and adapt a little bit and make sure that I wasn't booked the second time. I mean, that would have been devastating for the team, uh, especially in a match as open as it was. Um, so yeah, it, I think it did affect his game, but it it would have crippled us if he would have gotten a second yellow. So. Uh, sometimes you have to do what you have to do and you have to adapt. Um, I thought it was a little harsh on him, uh, but. At the same time, it is what it is. Uh, and he managed it. We navigated the game. We got the result we needed, the three points. And and uh, another job well done. You know, Joe Gomez has really come into his own. And, uh, I mean, we've all known that he had this quality. And we all knew, you know, that if he got a good run of games, that this is what the player will see. And the future is bright for the kid as long as he can stay healthy and, 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 and you know, keep the trajectories on. We have another worldie for sure. We do absolutely have another worldie. And I just hate the fact that he was just randomly. And I felt, I mean, Sam talked to me about that as well. Um, what, what did you make of the early booking? And did you did you feel that maybe, you know, it made uh, Joe Gomez maybe kind of be a little bit more conservative? Yeah, well, the a lot of people are talking before the game saying, oh, they're missing Harry Kane, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, we touched on this with with Guy on the uh, Pro Plus uh, preview, and I said, you know, a lot of people do think that they they play better as a team without him. Um, I don't think they would have caused us as many problems today if Harry Kane was playing because he lacks pace, and that's one thing the Spurs had in abundance today with Mora and Son on the break because they were always going to play defensively today. Uh, with Mourinho, so the only way they could play was on the break, so the pace was absolutely key for them, and that caused Gomez a bit of a problem there, he's been so used to putting on the afterburners and getting in first on the slide tackle, I think Son got there a little bit earlier than he expected, so he actually slid in and completely wiped him out and got a deserved yellow card, and that definitely did, obviously, you know, put him on a bit of thin ice for the rest of the game, and with Mora and Son looking very dangerous and very good dribblers, it's inevitable that you're going to be slightly nervous then. And uh, with you know, the poor officiating as well. Yeah, well, there was, there was a lot of that as well. But you know, we <laughs> won't uh, we won't worry about the officiating considering we won the game. So I I, I I won't worry about that too much. But yeah, you know, the, a couple of times, right? Gomez gave the ball away quite poorly. Um, 
but one thing I really noticed today, I don't know if you guys felt the same, we don't half put a lot of responsibility on our back on our centre backs, don't we? You know, it's we put so much faith in Van Dyke and Gomez. It just shows the class that they have that we are willing to give them ninety minutes basically of, of being one on one against the attackers all the time. We got full faith that they're gonna deal with it, you know. Even though the the opposition have got players with that kind of gas, we've got that kind of pace as well in the back two. And Gomez and Van Dyke, yet again, absolutely fantastic. I don't care about the couple of misplaced passes. Some people might want to kind of call you know scapegoating for that. We've got to be realistic. The the positions we put them in, we put them under so much pressure, and you know, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they come walking out of there with the ball and play a really good pass. And that is key for this Liverpool side to be able to be on the front foot all the time because the rest of the team can push forward then because we've got so much faith in what we've got at the back. So, um, yeah, it's 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 so, so good to see again. I just, as you touched on there, the bench was slightly worrying, but we have had a bit of better news recently with the news that Matt Dip and, and Lovren really aren't far away from being back too. Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree with you. I thought defensively, yeah, it looked a little sometimes casual at times, but given this sort of battle, you have so much faith in them because they've come through so, so many times. I, I will agree with you on, on that sense. Let's kind of talk about um, Alison. I think we've got to talk about Alison. And Mando, I'll come to you first on this one. I mean, he's, um, I think these, I keep saying this, in the last couple of games, I think he's been absolutely phenomenal. And even when he's had a quiet game and he's been called into action, he's always alert, always alert. And I felt like today he had another pretty much monster performance where he, I think he did everything in his power as well. Because in the second half, they did have a fair few, you know, attempts. So they did try sort of questioning us. And um, I felt like his positioning, his um, just his whole general demeanour in the net, I feel like it really does put off a lot of people. And I think, again, he's just, He's just proved like what a world class goalkeeper does to the team. No, absolutely. I mean, he's you know arguably the best in the world, absolutely the best in the league, uh, without question. Stats back that up. Um, you know, and I think you hit it right on the head, uh, the nail on the head here with his positioning. I mean, a lot of these shots and the opportunities that we saw Spurs have in the second half, especially, seem to be right at him. Um, and, and balls he was able to catch and, and corral pretty easily. Um, but that's a credit to him and, and, and a testament to him. As much as, as it is uh, luck, it, it, it's him being in the right spots, getting his angles correct. Uh, and, and I mean, even when he came out for the ball and headed it uh, where it looked a little uh, nervy, a little shaky, it, it was. I'm sure he, he, he doesn't look that way. He's calm, composed, you know, what he's doing he executes and uh yeah i mean it's an absolute uh it's an absolute joy to watch him uh operate between the sticks uh and and really uh is, is really reassuring um i mean to have a strong back line like we do and then to have that man back there even more uh it just reinforces uh your confidence going into the game and um it, it it's it's incredible and a testament to him and yeah i mean he's the best keeper in the world so you could you could rave about him constantly, and he's a handsome son of a bitch. You know, he has it all. <laughs> it's one of those things. He absolutely does. I mean, Sam, anything you'd like to add to that? Marks out of ten <laughs> in terms of how he looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ten, ten. Uh, his, his skin's been looking a bit ropey recently. I don't know if you noticed. He's 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 had a bit of a rash on there. I think he needs to. I think he's got a bit a... of an acne situation. But yeah. you know what? I'm not being funny. He's he still. Still looks great. Oh, oh no, he's still twenty times the man I'll ever be. But uh, it's because I I love the guy. Um, I think the the biggest thing about Allison, right, is how easy he makes difficult things look. You know, a lot of people don't really rate some of the things you see Allison doing, and people online going, "Oh, I, I." Some people still don't think he's the best goalie in the league. It's it's embarrassing. Some people still saying they think Edison Edison was in one of the team of the season lineups with someone instead of him. It's just baffling. The the things that Allison does better than anyone, which is a really underrated thing, he catches shots. You know how many goalkeepers actually catch a shot 
just usually they'll either parry it down and recover it themselves or they'll parry it wide and go for a corner. Alisson today, there, there was, I think it was four shots on target. I think he caught them all. Um, and that just brings so much relief to the defence. You know, Spurs today, if you notice, I think it was the last shot on target they had with Son right at the death. There was about four Spurs players running at him. They were about two yards away from him, wait, away from him, waiting for him to parry that ball. And he just kind of mm. catches it nice and calmly, plops to the ground. Game one, basically, and it's just something he's he's provided to this team. It's not. It wasn't just that though. It was his positioning all game. How high up the pitch is he? You, you know, he's. We we've got uh, Van Dijk and Gomez playing that kind of. Quite vulnerable position, but it's also doable because we've got Allison sweeping up behind as well. So you know, between the three of them, they've they've got the defence locked up. And you know, uh, earlier G's uh, on toast kind of mentioned Shakiri's um, kind of powerful hairline. Should we call it? Uh, the only thing more powerful than that. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing stronger than Shakiri's hairline is this Liverpool defence right now. And it's 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 absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's incredible to have another clean sheet again. I mean, they all add up. Guys, I mean, I think we kind of discussed like the key talking points from this game. And, you know, we, we will talk about, we'll rave about the Reds in a minute, just in general. I'll let you have the floor and just like, basically what it feels to you to be like a Liverpool supporter right now, because I'm guessing these are your glory days. Certainly mine, this is the best Liverpool team I've ever seen. So Amanda, I'm going to come to you. I mean, in terms of all the teams that you've seen, and even even like, I know you follow a lot of sport, I know you watch a lot of baseball and stuff, but in terms of how cohesive this team is and the work FSG have done and getting Jurgen Klopp in, I mean, like, I just want to get your thoughts on this, because, you know, a whole 10 years ago, we had Roy Hodgson, you know? Yeah, you know, actually, I was thinking about this today, this morning before the game. I was having my coffee, and I thought to myself, I said, "Man, this this may very well be the best, the best ran sports organization in the world, uh, regardless of sport." Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what what FSG has done uh, to to take us from the brink of administration, or 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 where. Uh, you know, Hicks and Gillette had us to the best team in the world, uh, champions of the world, uh, champions of Europe, uh, the strongest coach arguably uh, in the world, um, a team that really enjoys what they do. You could see it on their faces when they play. Uh, it, it's not just, you know, a team of flair and, 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 you know, audacity but it's also a team of of industrialness and togetherness and grit and determination and it's the perfect combination and it exudes from the manager and it goes all the way down to the players and into the academy we see the kids play uh yeah i mean for me it's a great time to be a liverpool supporter it's a it's it, it's it's exciting it's it's just the beginning at that you know knowing that Jurgen signed on for a longer period knowing that uh we are where we are financially knowing the deal we have with Nike knowing all the things that are still in the pipeline and the work that's going and 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 just Michael Edwards still finding gems for seven and a half million uh even though we are arguably you know the the most popular team in the world is incredible. And uh, it's a testament to them. It's a testament to all the hard work they've done, uh, you know, and shit, I can't wait to be out there in March. I can't wait to have you out here in March. It's fun times, let them roll. And, you know, what an incredible, incredible time. I think you timed it absolutely perfectly. I mean, for me personally, I, I you all know, I've always wanted Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool and, um, I'm going to be honest with you, even I didn't expect things to be this great. I knew they would be amazing, but this is just out of this world. And the fact that it's it's the manager of like the manager that I wanted at Liverpool, I just feel just, just so incredibly like, I don't know, just so proud. I'm just so happy for you him. and me and, both. You yeah. and me both. You know, it's just absolutely incredible. And the fact that I'm seeing these days is it's amazing. And, um, you know, you, you hear all the fans as well speak about um that you know the the teams that they've seen and when they talk about this team and they say it's probably one of the best teams they've seen as well you feel just so privileged 
to see it you know I, that's how I feel anyway Sam what about you I know you watch a lot of sport as well a lot of rugby a lot of you know x y and z I mean talk to me about being a Liverpool fan supporting this Liverpool team and just in general how much of a sort of complete unit is it in terms of any team that you've ever seen in any sport yeah well I watch a lot of x y and z uh, Nina it's one of my favorite sports <laughs> shut up <laughs> but uh yeah well I, I don't know why this week I've been kind of thinking back to do you remember Liverpool got absolutely ridiculed for drawing two all against West Brom in the 96th minute and I was at that game yeah Klopp, when he went to the fans and, yep I was yeah, there and he went to the fans and everything and honestly Klopp had such a job when he came in that was just over four years ago so four years and a month ago and that kind of epitomised the groundwork the Klopp had to do to get us back to where we are now. Um, there was so much work. We were mentally scarred when he came in as a team, as a fan base, just across the board completely. We were we were a broken side. And the first thing Klopp was doing was to try and change the way we were thinking. He is a psychologist basically isn't he you know the way he's he's got all of these players to believe it's taken a lot of time obviously to build it but he kind of set the building blocks at that early stage and and he got us all working for the same thing never giving up you know playing to the last minute and and it's it's taken the four years to do it but we have become this incredible machine and when you've got the mentality it just goes to show the results will come you know, other t- teams, again, so pissed off with Liverpool, the way that we keep kind of scraping over the line with these narrow wins. But 90% of that at the top, top level, if you've got the mentality on the opposition, when the, when it's so tight margins in games, that's what will get you over the line. So, you know, since that point, Liverpool have barely put a foot wrong, you know, in the transfer market. Uh, Fitness-wise, we've got the best people in. We've got the best people in stats-wise, you know, apart from Gags, obviously, we haven't got him in yet. Um, You know, we've got everyone best, top, absolute elite across the board in the world game. And and this is the result. So, you know, enjoy it, guys. We've got the most charismatic manager in the world. Um, I want him to stay forever. It's not possible, unfortunately. So just bloody enjoy it. And, you know, usually, Nina, how I'm always really kind of anxious in games. Weirdly today, even though Spurs were getting the chances, I was bizarrely calm. I think they're slowly winning me over and getting me to a point in my life where I'm no longer panicking about the game. And that's just so nice to see. It is, absolutely. You just have this sense of belief and I feel like it's kind of transcended to all the supporters now as well where we don't look at the team lineup and we don't get fumey. Adam Lallana came on. I didn't tweet anything negative. I learnt my lesson after he came on against Man United and scored the equaliser. You know, just hold your fire, hang fire, just let them do what they need to do because they will surprise you and they always, always do. And right now it's no longer even a surprise now. You just expect it. That is the, the standard that they've set for themselves. Guys, I think we pretty much discussed most of that, that game. But I think one final point I will make before we go to the man of the match, and I want to get your thoughts, Jose Mourinho classic grade A arsehole when it comes to parking the bus, right, Mando? Right, Sam? How huge is this result in the grand scheme of things when we've got to play Man United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and his chasing paper equivalent of it? I mean, I'm still angry that we drew a game this this season against them, you know, that that we don't have that that much of a flawless record. I know it doesn't matter, I know Jurgen Klopp has said that as well, but how huge is that going to be, Mando, going into that Man United game, who, of course, they won 4-0 today against Norwich, but to kind of win against that kind of team that's just going to set up defensively, because Ole is going to do the same at Anfield, make no mistake about <clears throat> it. No, we need to win. We need to mm. go out there. We need to be ferocious, and we need to stomp, you know, and, and, and stomp about and put our our foot to their throats, and, and and just finish the job. I'm tired of tying. I'm tired of being timid. I'm tired of going there or playing against them and not being the team that we are. We always seem to be a little bit of a shell of them of ourselves, and it, I don't think it's a fear thing. I don't think it's anything like that. It's just it's a big occasion. It's a big game. It's it's you know 
our fiercest competitor or our fiercest rival, not necessarily our competitor, but it is what it is. And it's always a big fixture and it doesn't matter. I mean, even us, we know we're miles as fans. We know we're miles above them, but it's still a game that you sit there and say, Holy shit, man, it's going to be, it's going to be a, you know, a tight game. And it's going to be a game that, 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 that is going to be nervy. And, uh, you know, but I would like to see us go out there and be brave and, and, and be the team that we are and just attack them. I mean, we're going to break them down. Uh, De Gea is not the player he is. Their defense is trash. Um, their midfield is even worse than the disjointed look we saw today from ours. Uh, their midfield is trash, to be quite honest. Um, they don't have much. So I don't see why we can't go in there and just take care of business. And that's what I'm expecting fully. And I'm expecting that with everybody coming up it doesn't matter anymore just roll them in and uh let's get the job done and let's see hendo lift another one <laughs> absolutely absolutely and i agree with you as well uh, you know they they are the rivals even though they are so behind uh sam i mean what what do you make of that i mean you know I want Liverpool to absolutely hammer them. I think we all do. And um, they are going to try being a little bit defensive. And of course, last season, you know, the fuckers, we, we drew against them and we drew against them this season as well under Ole. You know, so we know exactly what he's going to do. I just think it's huge that we actually beat a Jose Mourinho law block team away from home in that fashion to go into this one. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually going up to the game uh, next week. So um, fingers crossed we can put out a performance. Um, I'm actually looking for a second ticket. If you've got any knocking about there, Nina, uh, that'd be lovely, uh, just so I can bring my brother. Uh, but um, yeah, we're, we're totally expecting exactly the same. This this is a good kind of warm-up game for the Man United match, uh, you know, with the pace of Rashford and Martial. You're, you'd expect Man United to kind of set up very similarly in a, in a counter-attacking sense, especially at Anfield. You know, so I, I think that's something that we really got to watch out for is is them on the break. You know, they had a, the, the best I've seen Man United this season by an absolute country mile was away to Man City. I thought they were excellent that day. I actually watched that game in full and they thoroughly deserved to beat them. Um, so, you know, we don't want to be complacent going into it. Man United are a very strange team this season. In general, they've struggled against the worst teams and played really well against yes. the better sides. Agreed. And I think I think that's because they've got the personnel to to counterattack well uh, with that pace they've got going forward. So that's something that you know I'm expecting a, a decent performance from Man United against us because that's been the trend this season so far against good sides. Um, you know, saying that, obviously, I still think you know we've got more than what's necessary to, to try and win this game. But I just think they're, they're not a team to be underestimated. Yeah, they have been quite devastating on the counter-attack. You snuff that out, they are absolutely fucked. I mean, my mum, the United fan, you know, every football fan has an agenda. My mum cannot stand Phil Jones, Ashley Young and Jesse Lingard. Like, she has a strong agenda against those three players. I hope all three play. Just to boil some piss, it'll be pretty hilarious. But you know that's where she is right now. Um, <laughs> let's hope we absolutely hammer them, uh, guys. Man of the match for this game, and uh, Amanda, I'll come to you first on this one. Who was your man of the match? Sadio, easy. Uh -huh. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, I just think he's had a phenomenal week, and of course, he he pretty much was run, he ran himself into the ground today for that game. What about yourself, uh, Sam? I know you kind of gave it away at the beginning of the podcast with Kev. Yeah, yeah for me, I, I think Mane was fantastic today. And um, that's a great shout with Mando. But for me, I got no doubt for me, it was Alison Becker today. Um, the way the game panned out, I think it was more of a goalkeeper's day. Um you know, if you look at the XG, we, we haven't smashed Spurs on the XG today. Um, there were some good chances for Spurs. And obviously, you could say it's just poor finishing. But um, I personally think that he's become uh, an absolute beast at the back. And he's creating panic in the opposition. And I just think his, his positional sense, he, he was snuffing up the danger on a regular basis, never dropped a single shot. He, he's just so, so composed. Even when we pass the ball back to him, he's got a lovely touch and can pass it out. He, he's just perfect today, I thought. So for me, Alison Beck is the one that's helped us get that clean sheet. And that's the one that's helped us get that 1-0 win. So for me, he's the man of the match. You know what? I started off this podcast thinking Sadio Mane was my man of the match. 
I, I was, and you know what? Looking what you've just kind of said there, you know what? I will change my opinion because I like to yes. be corrected. They are both great shouts to me. They were both <laughs> some of the top performers, but I do agree. Had Alison not been on top fine form, we probably lose that game two one. So yeah, I will. I will admit that I was wrong, and I will give it to um. I will give it to um, uh, Alison on that one. But Sadio Mane, it, you know, I'm not being funny. He's not going to cry. He's just one African player of the year, you know, um, <laughs> sat there looking all, 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 all sort of dressed up, looking the part. But yep, that is the Nina Kauser show. Thank you so much for, to our callers who called in. A massive thank you to all the people that joined in live and also contributed in the chat. A massive thank you to my guests, but before I let them go, I have to get some plugs because this is what we do. So, Amanda, I will come to you first. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter, and are you up to anything? Uh, you can find me on Armando and Gulo12, and yeah, I'm up to just trying to keep my life together at the moment. Uh, and uh, I'll be at Anfield in March, so hopefully I'll be in London, Liverpool, and Manchester. And I hope to be able to have a drink with as many of you as possible, have some food, meet you guys, and uh, have a good time and explore the cities. I'm really excited, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the best team in the world live. Absolutely. Do give Amanda a follow. And um, if you're listening and you're in in Manchester, Liverpool, or London, do try linking up with Amanda because he's literally one of the coolest guys ever. He'll just tell you to relax your entire trip and you'll be so chilled out and mellow. But yeah, can't wait to have you here, Amanda. It's going to be awesome. Um, but I will give you some advice. Please dress up warm because it is cold here. You didn't give me that advice for, for LA and San Francisco. I had to figure San Francisco out for myself. And um, I'll, I will come to you, Sam. Where can people find you on Twitter? Where can people find more of your work? Um, yeah, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. Uh, if you take a look at that, it's absolutely exploded as of yesterday. I just sent that one tweet out I mentioned earlier, and it's gone absolutely bonkers on Twitter. I think the youngsters call it a bang, Nina. Is that? <laughs> the, the, I don't the know. I'm 68, <laughs> so I'll just speak to the wrong person here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what the young hip kids call it. Um, yeah, so um, at Sambo Evans on Twitter. But uh, regards to any work I've done recently, well, seeing as we now know we won the game, the preview show to the Spurs match might actually still be of interest. So you can see how perfect me and Guy's analysis of the game was. Um, so that pod's out there as well. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Do check that out and give both of these guys a follow. Um, for my part, please do check out um, AI Pro, some awesome content on AI as well. As you all know, you've probably seen it all over Twitter as well. AI Tees is a thing. T-shirts, um, I've kind of gone into kind of with gags that so we're kind of like doing a new fun thing where we're kind of like designing kind of merchandise. I consider myself as a football Fendi now. Guys, if you like the designs, all you got to do is go to um, AITs.co.uk. There's some awesome lines we're going to add loads more in so keep your eyes open for that check them out and thank you to all the people who have been supporting us and if you've got your AIT or hoodie or whatever it is whatever you've purchased tweet us a picture I'd love to see you in your merchandise and reach out to us also if you're on Instagram as well I kind of post daily videos I'll be back on that this week um it is the Nina Kaza show that's all at my social medias guys thank you so much for listening once again guys the Reds are fucking hot fire. Enjoy it. It is literally the best time. What a way to start the new year. What a way to start the new decade. Up Jurgen Klopp's Redmen. Till next time, take care, guys, and up the Reds. Podcast Network.